Welcome back to the Vet SOS podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. Mark, we got a great guest with us today. The entire episode to me is just really exciting because we're bringing back an organization we've talked to before uh, with a previous guest, but this is an expansion of that organization, which is just phenomenal. Uh, we have Megan Wald with us today, and we're going to talk to her about what she's doing and how she's helping this organization grow and still helping veterans. It's going to be awesome, Mark. As yeah, always, I'm here with Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm super excited. You know, it's um, we're in the market right now. Uh, so, and I'm not going to clue the audience in quite yet because I want Megan to be able to do that, but uh, we, we are in the market. So, um, I am excited to hear. Of course, it's, it may not be like Sean with what you have with your fur babies, but uh, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll hear what Megan has to say because I'm super excited and how she's helped, helping, right? The veteran community. So, Absolutely. welcome everyone. Yeah, get ready for some knowledge bombs for sure. All right, as always, we're on the Restream platform. Uh, if you want to push this out as original content over your social media, you hit us up with hashtag pairing. We'll tell you how to do it. It's too easy. You put it out as original content and, and you get all that traffic that comes with it. It's just absolutely wonderful platform to use. So let's get into it. We got Megan. She comes from a veteran rich family with grandfathers in the Army, dad in the Navy, stepdad in the Marines, and her husband is a Marine. 2019, Megan was diagnosed and treated for breast cancer. During her treatment, Megan's husband suggested that they have their German Shepherd, Fiona, trained to be a support dog. Today, Megan is three years cancer-free. Congratulations. Love hearing that. And still has the best support dog in the world. About a year ago, Megan met Joe Gianti, who you might remember is a Vet SOS alumni from Canine Heroes for Heroes. Given her passion for her support dog, and having a strong veteran family background. Everything fell into place for Megan. Now, her and her husband have started the Canine Heroes for Heroes Kansas City chapter, expanding the reach of this amazing organization. Love love your story. Love hearing the success you're having. And the, the um, being cancer-free is just phenomenal. Congratulations on that. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm great. Um, I've actually got Fiona here with me at the moment uh you may hear her kind of speak up every once in a while <laughs> I, I think I, I, loki weighed in too <laughs> they won't yeah, be silent they make an appearance who yeah, knows maybe we just need to do do one of these interviews straight with loki and cut joe out of it all together <laughs> um <laughs> of that little caesar's commercial i taught my dog to say i love you, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah if you hear her she's just saying, hey, give me a treat. Yeah, there you go. All right, so one, love the organization. All right, but before we get into that, we want to find out, you know, aside from, you know, your your family of veterans and veteran support, you know, what, what made you, you know, ultimately say, you know what, I have to be in the veteran space and I have to be doing this. Is it is it just your experiences or is there more the ways into that? Um, it was kind of just the, ra- the way that I was raised. Um, you know, I, I was, I was a big daddy's girl. I mean, you call it that from learning how to name whatever airplanes that I could, you know, from a picture book, you know, my grandfather's and, you know, a glutton for punishment. I married a Marine. Go <laughs> um, got a lot on here too. <laughs> 
So it's very important. It's always been uh, a forefront in my life, just, you know, by the way that I was raised. And I, I think that it is extremely important to give back to that community. And it was, it was so easy after meeting Joe for the first time to say, yep, that's what I need to do. That's it. I would, I would agree with you. I think Joe, Joe is one extremely passionate, very easy to talk to if you, if you had, and you had a support dog already. So, you know, you had mm-hmm. that tie and uh, don't blame you at all. I think that was a very easy transition probably for you to make. Yeah. Um, and you can't, you can't uh, discount the fact that German shepherds are typically going to be uh, that, that looking just military type of dog and that's they've always been that way for me i my first dog as a little girl was a german shepherd and uh her name was gretchen i used to call her my sister believe it or not and uh so when it came time for me to have dogs of my own that was of course the way i had to go i'm right there with you my first babysitter was a 150 pound german shepherd named yogi Yep. They put me on the blanket before I could crawl, and only the, my parents and the owner of the dog had come near me. So yeah. to she's, this day, I got two German Shepherds now, although I would say that the 10 week old doesn't necessarily look like a shepherd because it, it's been raining so much here. He, he comes in looking as I imagine Huck Finn would look, just covered head to toe in mud and dirt. And he, he is all boy and loving the holes out there. Yeah, that's, we've got another German shepherd. He's two and, you know, we lovingly call him dumb, dumb baby sometimes. (laughs) And, uh, but he's, he's getting ready to go through some more advanced training with my husband, um, in order to be kind of more of a, a demo type of dog, um, for outreach purposes. And, you know, we take Fiona with us pretty much everywhere, but there's a lot of places that, we go with her that are veteran um, related. So Veterans Community Project here in Kansas City is a huge organization that has expanded across the country mm-hmm. that will be a big part of Canine Heroes for Heroes Kansas City. Um, whether it be, um, you know, sourcing a, a resource for them. So we could possibly be pairing them with different dogs as needed. Um, and, and just getting that information out there to folks. But I take her to the World War One Museum. They have a huge Veterans Day event. And we just walk around and she can provide um, just even just some joy to various veterans. Um, awesome. It's, it's amazing to see the way people's faces light up when she is around. So I have admittedly I've told Joe this and other people that I can barely get my dog to sit, nonetheless, anything else. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the process of turning Fiona into a support dog. I mean, that that, so, that can't be an easy process to just undertake. No, um, she was four when she went uh, into the training. There is a uh, canine trainer here in Kansas city that is now, um, it's precision dog training Academy. His name is Mike Sly that he specializes in doing specialized training for things like this. And we fast tracked it. We really, really did. 
Um, I was going through treatments at the time. So we worked our butts off and it took us about uh, two months to get her to the point where she was able to provide the service that I needed. And, you know, just emotionally as well as, you know, she has a job to do and it was tough, but I enjoyed it at the same time. She, when she gets her vest on, she goes into work mode and it's amazing to see. That's awesome. Is it um, a case where, or maybe you can tell me this, like what are the parameters and requirements that a dog might have to meet in order to be able to be eligible to go in to be trained like that? Typically there is a temperament testing. They have to exhibit certain aspects, um, trainability to become a service dog. Now there is no, um, you know, standard per se for a test. Um, There are things in motion, you know, at a higher level to get that set up. Um, But ultimately they have to be able to provide a service to their handler. That is the main definition. And just based on HIPAA and ADA requirements, you know, you cannot technically ask somebody. Um, I deal with that in my professional life because I handle commercial real estate and and offices. If they have a service dog, there is no, no way I can ask somebody, why do you have to have a service dog? Um, And it's a workaround that we're trying to to get through, but ultimately that's a personal, personal thing that they don't need to share. Yeah. You you bring up a good point and I've always wondered about this, which is, it seems to me at least that over the last maybe decade, service dogs have become much more prevalent, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and especially for treating conditions and, and alerting to conditions that, you know, maybe hadn't traditionally been inclusive of requiring a service dog, right? Um, so, you know, I get the temperament and I get, you know, the, the test that you have there. Um, I guess once a dog is in the program and, you know, you're going around with your dog, they're through the program, they're trained, you've got your service dog, and you're going around like, I know that there's still societally some stigmas with like having a service dog some people will question you know whether it really is and you know there's all these things right that are developing in our society around that topic can you talk to us a little bit about that and like how we're overcoming that and what you know you guys are doing maybe to help it's an it's ultimately an education process um you know with everybody having emotional support animals and everything else. I get where that stigma is coming from because there are people that kind of take advantage of that. But as we're out and about, um, it's just a matter of educating people. And that's, that's ultimately my goal. Um, do I have to have Fiona with me at all times? No, I don't. Um, and that's just because of what service she provides for me. Now, when I do take her out and people want to talk about it, it's just a great training tool. Um, And there's different levels. So for example, on Fiona's vest, she has a patch that says ask to pet. Um, For Joe and Loki, 
Loki has do not pet. That is a personal preference. So they know when they're in work mode, what those requirements are. And it's just, it's speaking to people about it. Now, I've never had anybody come up and say, why do you need a service dog? You look perfectly fine. Um, now I have no problem sharing my story with folks and in, in telling them that, but at the same time, we, we try to give the handlers the tools and the information to be able to communicate to folks like, Hey, that that's a personal, um, you know, thing that I am, I'm working with my dog on and they don't need to explain themselves especially if their dog is doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm not a dog trainer. Cause I have <laughs> to teach my support dog to attack by getting asked a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, you bring up a good point, which is, I mean, there's training on our side, right. As far as like, if you have a service dog and how to maybe tactfully interact and navigate those, those types of situations, but also at the same time, like public awareness, needs to be raised as well like because mm-hmm. because i think sometimes people their intention or where that question may be coming from is agnostic right it, it yeah. they might just be generally curious but the manner right maybe in which they're asking it so i think that yeah, there's a little give on both sides right i feel like every time you speak to one person and and you can explain to them uh what their roles are and and the whole situation they're going to in turn take that and send it to somebody else or, or explain it to somebody else. The next time they encounter another service dog, they, they remember that and they, they react differently or um, have a different respect for it. Yeah. So it's one person at a time, really. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny in today's electronic social media world where one, one idea can take off so fast but then something like this that to me is actually, I consider important, you know, and beneficial to somebody. We got to literally one by one change the mentality on it. That That's kind of crazy in my book. It uh, is. It's a struggle, but, you know, it's, it's a struggle worth fighting for. Yeah. So Canine Heroes for Heroes, Kansas City. I'm not going to ask you why Kansas City. I'm assuming it's because you live there, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. Um, so you're expanding it. Okay. So now we got essentially, are we considering Kansas City the, the first chapter coming off yeah. the original or are they the second chapter with the original being the first one? Uh, I believe it's just the first chapter. Um, you know, this all kind of came about very quickly. And um, my husband and I both said, yeah, this is exactly what we want to do. Um, and hopefully we can get to the point where we just do this full time. Um, Kansas City has a, a, a huge veteran uh, community. The VFW is is huge here. The, um, you know, Veterans Community Project, we just have a huge number of resources that we can rely on and use in order to make the biggest impact we can. Yep. And so as you continue to get out there, what other organizations or uh, events are you trying to tie in with there in Kansas City? So in April, we have um, a Veterans Community Project. It's called Engagement Day. 
that we will be a part of. Um, that's going to be for any veterans in the area, as well as um, their families to come and, and meet with various organizations like Canine Heroes for Heroes that are available to them in the area. So it'll be interactive for them. It's educational. Um, there's going to be fun prizes. So we'll have Fiona, Loki, uh, Joe will be here. My husband will be on site and we're going to be doing stuff like demonstrations for obedience and, and different things that they can actually see and interact with. Um, just as, uh, Hey, we're here. We are a resource for you. Please reach out and we will help with whatever we can. And at the same time, all of the other organizations that are involved in this particular event, um, you know, we're, we all reach out to one another. If I can't give you an answer for this question, I know somebody that can. And that's ultimately our goal. I don't care if it's coming from me or if I know somebody that can help, I'm going to make it happen. Air, Air Loki taking flight again, huh? Exactly. That, that pup's going to have a lot of frequent flight. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and I'm going to drop a bomb there, right? That's another, I mean, it's again, connections, networking, who you know, and all that. So, um, <clears throat> what are some of your needs, right? With this being a new initiative, um, what are some things that people that are interested in supporting you able to do or provide? So since, you know, we are fully funded off of donations, um, we're getting ready to kick off a, as long as it takes fundraiser um, in honor of a canine handler and his dog. Um, Sean actually gave me this initial idea and we ran with it. Um, Trent McDonald, uh, Army Ranger with the 75th Regiment, and his original canine, Benno, um, will be the center of this campaign. We're looking to raise $25,000 because that is about how much it can cost to fully train a service dog um, that will go directly to a veteran, and the dog will be named Benno. And so we have a full story that um, we are getting ready to launch all of the marketing campaign and we're going to make it right. We're going to, we're going to get this dog in the hands of a veteran and Trent has been wonderful working with us and sharing the story of Benno. Um, and it's, it's amazing. So that's really what we need is folks to just keep funneling in donations um, and, and sharing the stories of why we're doing it. Yeah, I tell everybody, I have good ideas from time to time. <laughs> Nobody believes me. We took it and <laughs> ran with it, Sean. I'm telling you, we really did. Um, and I cannot believe that, that Joe was able to make that connection, but we're very, very excited about it. And, you know, being able to name the dog as you know, in honor of his dog, Benno, that was killed in action. I mean, the story is amazing. There's different documentaries on HBO and uh, History Channel that feature these two because he was not uh, an easy dog to work with. 
But then, you know, after working with him for so long, um, you know, he turned a corner and ended up becoming a hero. So, you know, that's what we want to honor. And to be able to give that to a veteran that needs it is going to be amazing. I can't think of any greater uh, way to remember Benno. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about the the need and why you're doing this fundraiser, because that basically covers the, the cost of training um, Benno here. Um, what what kind of goals do you have for the Kansas City chapter as canine um, Heroes for Heroes continues to grow? You know, are you looking at like a facility partnering with more people or are there, there are ways that others can help you in that aspect? So right now um, we are looking to mainly partner in the veteran side of things with Veterans Community Project because they do have such a wide outreach um, especially when it comes to finding the candidates that could use this. Mm-hmm. Now, my husband and I are currently um, in the market for buying a new property where we can set up on-site training facilities, um, where we can do that ourselves. Um, but in the meantime, we have other partners that we're working with um, for guidance, for help with training and, and sourcing. Um, my breeder for German shepherds, actually Cunningham German shepherds, she is completely signed on for when I've got the funding to train a dog, I have a German shepherd that will come from her line and, you know, be that source for me. Awesome. I am in the market and I wish I could get a German shepherd, (laughs) but I am prohibited from getting a German shepherd. Um, according to the CEO, CFO, COO of my household. So um, (laughs) we'll, we are, though I am, I actually am in process. I have an application in to adopt a a little uh, shipu. (laughs) A shipu. Shitu poodle mix. Um, But yeah, I would love to, I mean, it's a puppy. So, but I don't know if, you know, dogs like that could be trained. I, I do have a friend who is diabetic and she has a service dog that has been trained to detect her blood sugar, mm-hmm. right? When That's she's amazing. out of range. Can you believe that? Like it knows, he knows. Their and instincts will, are ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. So that'd be cool if I could <laughs> train a sheep to do that. You know, <laughs> it's. It, I talk about like their training and stuff, but their instincts are just I, amaze me every day. Um, she knows when when I take her somewhere, if if it's not me, but she sees a need for whether it be say my mom or a friend of mine that is struggling with something, she'll turn me off, and she goes and she just she does her magic. She, she settles them and, and she just knows what to do instinctually. That was never taught. She just knows. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the, the dogs interrupting. And I, I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear the puppy out there wrestling with the other dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just lying under my desk here. She's just Good. hanging out. 
Now I don't have just one German Shepherd. I got two banging their heads against this door trying to get in the office too. It's like <laughs> I love. Well, that's why I came to my office because I've got other German Shepherd, and actually I've got a Siberian Husky that would be bouncing off the walls. So, so you vacuum every day. Uh, yeah, it's called a Roomba. That's my do, best friend. Do they work for dog hair? That, yeah. Oh, there goes the other one. <laughs> So it, really, because I was always told that things like that weren't very good for dog hair. I was always told like the bag type vacuums were much better. I've killed three vacuums and then I got the <laughs> But the Roomba's working for you. It, it is. It's one of the self-emptying ones. So it just runs during the day and then I come home and I don't. <laughs> Do the dogs anymore. attack it? <laughs> no, believe it or not. And, you know, the Husky is the funniest one because it will run into her and she just looks at it like, excuse me. <laughs> See, now, now this, this is important stuff we're talking about. Now. <laughs> I mean, right, right. this is like wow. life, right? I mean, because I got so much dog hair in my house now. <laughs> like, oh, the my, car, in every week. my car is nicknamed the Dogmobile because the dogs are in it every day. Wow. And... I mean, I take it up to the car wash and I tell the kids that are going to vacuum it out. I'm like, I'm sorry, here's 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought a one of the cordless vacuums from DeWalt, I think it was, for Christmas. And the whole goal of cleaning out dog hair from the car. And it's not powerful enough to pull the, <laughs> the German Shepherd hair out of the, the fabric. You got to actually go to the car wash and use that high-powered uh-huh. Uh, vacuum it's ridiculous so all right but <laughs> enough about vacuums uh, we got way off track but someone is going to be like me go that's fantastic information um because now i'm going to have to go actually look at buying one of those uh all right so gr- great organization well i mean we already love canine heroes for heroes you know, we, we linked up with Joe. He was one of our early guests uh, coming on the podcast and love watching the journey of Loki. And now that the expansion of the Kansas City chapter, um, fantastic organization with a great mission to provide a much needed thing for, for our veteran community. Um, so I applaud you for, for being a part of this, first of all, uh, joining a great organization. Second of all, starting a new chapter, expanding the reach, which we all know is very powerful. Um, as we get ready to, to close, we're coming down to the end here. Um, one, how can people get a hold of you? You know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? And two, what would you like to leave the audience with? So we can be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, the website is still under construction, especially as we are putting together the, the final touches of the Benno campaign. So that should be up and running pretty shortly. But anybody can reach out via email to Joe or I. Um, my cell phone is honestly always on me. Um, and ultimately, we just want to raise the awareness that these service dogs are there for a number of reasons. Um, veterans have a need that is very hard to understand and can vary in so many different ways. And we just want to be able to reach out and say, there is something that can help no matter what, even if it's small or 
you know, difficult to deal with. Um, but they do provide a service that is just, uh, it's amazing to see, um, especially in action. And that's what we're here to do. And we don't want to have anybody, you know, fear for asking for that help. And dogs give unconditional love. You know, they, they don't care if you're having a bad hair day or whatever is troubling you. They just want to be there for you. And if I can give that to somebody else, like I've gotten from Fiona and Joe has from Loki and countless other people have from their service dogs, that's what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent support what you guys are trying to do. Um, there, there's a huge need. And, and as someone who has dogs and they make me laugh every day. Now, granted, we got a 10 week old puppy. So there's some anger that feeds in every, every <laughs> once in a while. Um, I have puppy fever uh, bad right now. <laughs> But the good times far outweigh the bads, especially with, with a new puppy and just so much fun watching them learn and play and, and figure out what, what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. But you nailed it. That that unconditional love. You come in the house from being away and it's like you've been gone for years and mm-hmm. you're their whole world. There's nothing in the world like that. Um absolutely love what you're doing and congratulations on expanding the reach to Kansas City. Mark, you got any um, closing comments? I love it. You know, I wish, you know, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I've had my my chili and, you know, my fur babies in the past. And, um, yeah, I miss that. And that's kind of why we're going in the market right now. I mean, even my kids, right? My kids are all at, at old enough now. They're at the age where I walk in the door and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I love it. I love what you're doing. And Joe and yeah, all of you guys are just doing fantastic work. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on very much and and helping us to keep the word going. And and um I look forward to talking to you guys in the future and, and getting this Benno campaign up and going. So thank you guys very, very much. Absolutely. Can't wait. And you know, one of the goals I have is to do some some live podcast events. So who knows, maybe, maybe one of these things like that, that um, veteran outreach program you, you have the, the day yeah. you have in Kansas city could be one of those events, you know, that we try to make it out to and, you know, just, just have a great time with veterans and organizations all over the place. Um, want to thank you for coming on uh, Megan and, and wish you guys the best of luck with the, the Benno fundraiser this is a great cause i highly encourage people to support this you're gonna help provide the funding to provide another service support dog and i can't think of a a better thing to do honestly um so congratulations thank you for coming on i want to thank everybody for tuning into the vet sos podcast and remember don't drown the sea of transition but grab the vet sos lifeline